Kids Productions. Due to suggestive adult themes and dialogue, this podcast is intended for adults. In other words, the truth is ugly, so we get ugly right along with it. Everything we say is out of love for ourselves, our people, and our community. Sincerely, the Green Route Podcast. Want to welcome y'all to the Green Route Podcast, episode number 38. I am GS. And I am Marlissa. What's up, y'all? Welcome back. We are happy to be back. Um, we are happy to be back. We got We got five topics for you all. Um, we don't have any quick hits today. No. Nah. But the ones that we got, they 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 they're some serious. We got five today for sure. All right. You want to hop in with number one? Let's go with number one. All right. Cool. All right. So Sweetie Pie Star is actually rotten. That's mm-hmm. what I wrote on there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Sweetie Pies was the uh it was a it was a uh comp a black family owned company. Yes. Um was it in Atlanta? I believe they were in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, so they were responsible for uh creating some really good delicacies uh and they had they had built an empire mm-hmm. a small empire well you know what i don't know how exactly how big so i'm not gonna i don't want to call them small but i'm pretty it, sure, i think they were big it was a successful black-owned family business so i feel like it was really well respected and received that's what it was yeah. so they definitely could have been easily and i think Potentially in the six figures in terms of what they were uh, what they were making. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, they had enough money for the nephew uh, or for someone within the family uh, to uh, put a hit out on and a successful hit Us, at that. Yes, yes, on someone else within the family. Um, give us more details, uh, my man Tim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Tim Norman, who is the son of the the owner uh-huh. of Sweetie Pies, um, his his mother was the owner. So there was a <clears throat> there at one point there was a, a reality show called mm. called Sweetie Pies. I think that's how a lot of people got to know this family. Mm-hmm. So the son and the nephew, crazy enough, had been stars of the reality show. Damn. So the son, his name is Tim Norman. He decided <laughs> he was going to take a two hundred fifty thousand dollar life insurance policy out on his nephew and then hire for murder someone to take his nephew out so this happened in i believe the nephew was killed in 2013 uh-huh. he was or 2016 yes um all the evidence came together everything from the actual nephew putting the hit out to the person who who perpetrated the hit uh-huh. To the woman who identified the nephew's location and even the insurance agent who um, helped Tim yeah. to take out the policy and to file the claim on the policy. So all of them. Damn, were they got convicted. everybody. Yes, all of them were convicted. And Tim just got sentenced. And what I do appreciate about this story in particular was that Tim got life, not just one life sentence, he got two life sentences. Mm-hmm. But what was crazy is his mother and other family members, mind you, this is a family, right? Mm-hmm. This is the son and nephew. Who, well, the the son and I guess her great nephew that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. When we talk about the the mother. She went and begged the the judge for leniency and for mercy for her son putting a hit out on his own nephew, her great nephew. So when the when the sentencing finally came out, you can imagine that the family was was torn. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have one side, like the nephew's mother, who was just like, yo, my family did this to me. And on the other side, you have family members who are like, well, we can't really be sure Tim did anything. We don't want him to get the death penalty. So they Damn. were begging for leniency. It's it's just fucked up. And the judge said, said like, this was a heinous crime that you committed against your own nephew. Like, I'm not going to have any leniency or mercy right. when it comes to this one. Well, because it was an entire process. Yeah. And uh, another report says it was four hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth. 
Oh, is that not what I said? You, I thought you said two. Did you say two fifty? No, I said four fifty. Oh my bad. For sure. Yeah. My bad. My bad. Four. So yeah. so all this for four hundred and fifty k, and he went through the entire process. So you're absolutely right. Well, I ain't gonna say. I think everybody sh- should. Everybody have gone down for this. Hell I don't know if, yeah! If, 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 was the insurance adjuster in on it? Yes, that's okay, the thing. Well. They, this was all premeditated. They all Damn. knew. Of course, the person who who took who actually perpetuated the hit knew. Mm-hmm. He got five thousand dollars for his work. The woman who gave up the location uh-huh. of the nephew got ten thousand dollars. Both of them end up getting through. No, the the murderer got. Thirty-two years. The girl who gave up his location got three years, and the insurance agent who knew he mm. helped him to take out multiple policies and file the claim, he got another three years. So this is a situation in which, when you are doing a crime, we talked about this with Young Thug. Mm. Uh, we talked about how some people just aren't criminals in this kind of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Norman strikes me not as the right kind of criminal. <laughs> This, you, you ain't about this life. Like, you're not just about this life. Like, yeah. first of all, number one, you let you had too many people in on this whole entire situation. That's right. uh, you needed somebody to let you know when he was leaving 7 Eleven. You had another person letting you know yeah. when he just took a shit. Yep. You had all you had all kind of people. Somebody involved. giving you a bird signal bird across signal. the street. You had, you had, you had, you had somebody flying a drone <laughs> <laughs> outside his window. Uh, and he was only 21. Yes. When he died. Yeah. So or when he was killed, rather. So it's just like. This was a lot for that. And my own, I guess my my realer question is, for what? That, like, what did you need that 450K? Because that's what you stood that, to gain yeah, from this. That's that's my my same question is like, what what pushed you to even do this to anybody, let alone your nephew? Like, I can't, I can't you, wrap my head around the why. You know what's what's interesting when I was looking at the tweets, the first tweets that came out when he was actually when he got the, the life sentence, mm-hmm. there were people, I want to say it was like two people uh who's like, Oh, I, I I figured he would. I used to work for him. It was one like and everybody was responding mm-hmm. to her, like, give us a tea, like tell us what's up. Yeah. Like, what, what do you what do you know? But she basically was like, Yeah, it makes sense that he would do do something like this. A lot of the rhetoric around him was that he he had he this persona like of being a nice person on TV, but uh-huh. a lot of people who who spoke up in the case and spoke up in the trial said that he had a very dark side. So I think that's maybe what that lady is alluding to. Yeah, he might have been just a shitty person. Yeah, uh, he like I mean, and with his mom defending him. Oh, say it. Look, say uh, it. I want to start with your mama. She should have whooped your ass. Summer Walker said it first. <laughs> you know what? There are there there is a there is a uh, there is a group. For sure, a, a subgroup. Let me say a subgenre group of black men who are mama's boys, mm-hmm. and they just never learned the fullness of consequences yes. of their behaviors, yep. or at least they've always had someone to coddle them and yep. make them feel good about being shitty people. I've seen it. I've seen. I saw it in high school. I saw it in college, and yeah, I've, I've seen it. I've seen that as well. And that might be the point of this conversation mm-hmm. to have a discussion about. Those kind of guys, because they do exist. When when you love your daughter, you ra- you raise your daughters and love your sons, like ladies. Oh, man, ladies. Well, all right. Um, we are over time. Let's get okay, to this next bad. one. Uh, I'm gonna set this timer. <laughs> <laughs> we are gonna go on with our lives. All right. So, um, what we t- oh, France, yeah. France, fucking around in Africa. So so France, uh. 
Burkina Faso. Uh, there's a Central Republic of Africa. So I put in there, uh, is this is this decolonization? Like, is this is this a version of it? Because we don't know enough about it because it just recently happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if anything, it is a good sign from the reports that I've seen from people who are on the ground. They are happy right. that these uh, that the military pres the French military presence mm-hmm. that's there is 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 has in in some way in some specific areas specific cities yeah. they've completely withdrawn themselves right there's a whole there's a whole entire process in which they will completely leave the area mm-hmm. um now again for people who don't know uh france in terms of america well france has a similar foreign policy um that that is draped in we want to maintain democracy but fight radical Islam, yeah, yeah. But we're yeah. we're 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 pretty sure that there is a uh, is an underlying capitalistic reason as to why yep. they had a presence there. I look I at think, their natural resources, and I completely understand, understand okay, why the French so yeah. is there. Why the French is there? Yes. Yep. So it <laughs> yep. it might have been they might have run their time. Maybe uh, maybe a business there that was there mm-hmm. is like you know we don't need their resources anymore. We figured out another way. Yep. So because. The when 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 a country sends their military to a country, especially like a country in Africa, they're trying to protect something. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to protect the people. We know it's not the people. It's, it's not about right. the people. Right? Yeah, I, I had to read up on the history of this country, and b- even before you know, um, uh, French <laughs> colonizers showed up. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it had a very rich history and very rich land, and mm-hmm. so when when the French showed up. You could think of it the same with the same way that, you know, we saw in South Africa, right? Mm-hmm. Like apartheid where there were a certain set of rules for uh, colonizers and their children mm-hmm. and then a completely different set of rules that was um, unequal and certainly separate mm-hmm. um, for natives, for mm-hmm. indigenous people and and their children. And two rules that I found interesting and it made me think about the, the nuances in colonization and how little rules can make sure that you keep people in the place that you want them to be. So two of the rules that they had for the children of the indigenous people were mm-hmm. they could not ride bikes and they were not allowed to pick fruit from fruit trees. Those were privileges specifically set aside for the children of colonists. Mm. And I I just I found it interesting that little things like that can can make it so that you create this caste system so that everyone knows where they're supposed to be like. I think about slavery, right? Black people couldn't be on horses because you were above white men and you, we couldn't have that. Right. right? Just so the idea. Yeah, you walk, motherfucker. <laughs> you walk. So, you know, the the French have been there quote unquote to help, but we know there's always some type of extraction coming their way. So I just saw that there are only 400 special forces left and left. they have special forces there. Mm-hmm. So I think that goes back to what you said. There's something that has been protected. Mm-hmm. If you have spec, this ain't your regular ass run of the mill military. Exactly. Right. These are your, your, your best trained. There was something there that they was protecting. And I can't wait to hear about what happened uh-huh. where they no longer felt they needed to be there. <laughs> I, I'd say, so Burkina Faso, of course, they've had histories of of local tribalism and 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 specific wars within their land. That mm-hmm. again, that's what opened the door for French uh, for French intervention. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a situation in which they had jihadists there that uh, that kidnapped almost sixty women. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just one of those things where it's like when I think about countries like France, I'm like the way that you can actually be more helpful is figuring out how to cut off 
the injection of weapons from other countries. Okay. Because the thing about it is a lot of these, specifically African countries, they're just, they're proxy wars, just like other places. And there are people <laughs> yep. who are funding one side over the other mm -hmm. for whatever reason. So if anything, can we, can we remove y'all? Can we remove y'all specifically from that space, but have y'all work to cut off that, that aspect? Mm. Can y'all work on telling your American or whoever the other uh, foreign entity is, can you work on cutting them off from bringing these weapons right. versus gun versus food right. into these countries? Yeah. So. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, yeah, this is one we're going to have to continue to watch because I, I think you're right and that something else is going to come out mm -hmm. about why they decided to pull out mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And you've been there since, what, the 1800s? America why did now? With, with Afghanistan yeah. and we still... <laughs> oh, it was a rush to get out of Afghanistan. He's got the fuck up out of there. <laughs> it was like, I left my wallet. Leave it. Like, leave that <laughs> shit. He's got tanks. They riding around in right. tanks at, at four... All right, Can you imagine the sound system in them tanks right now? Damn. What? <laughs> leave, a, leave a tank in South Boy. Central. Boy... <laughs> um all right so number three is is actually a good news story but sadly it's it should have been a good news story should, years it, ago yeah you you want to so watch it? this is this is what me and mel call this is the uh this is a broke clock the broke clock mm. analogy again twice a day what we mean by that is that every now and then an industry or a specific company or a government subsidiary uh that has a history of not being helpful to the people mm -hmm. every now and then they do something that's actually decent. And it makes it, it we're so <laughs> used to it being shitty that when they do do something decent, you're like, what's in it for you? Exactly. You're like, what the hell? Uh-uh. Okay. So in this, in this particular situation, uh, a man named Eli Lilly, mm -hmm. uh, he is, he, uh, he's over one of the uh, groups that, makes insulin so what he did what he decided to do was cap insulin at 35 dollars a month now this is important or this is this is actually really uh something that i i felt like i feel like we needed to highlight only because again there's such a large um amount of black people who actually have diabetes mm -hmm. and we know the history of pharmacies the pharmaceutical pharmaceutical yes industry how we have stories that come out of people literally literally dying because they cannot afford the medicine mm -hmm. or the or um the medicine has or we hear stories about the medicine actively being overpriced right for someone to make money off yeah. of it and it's just it's if anything it, it just goes back to you know our conversations about the healthcare system being broken. Mm -hmm. So it's one of the ways that the healthcare system is consistently actively on purpose yeah. broken. <laughs> yeah. And and that's the thing it you know when when you create these drugs it's supposed to be about saving lives and not enriching, you know, shareholders and right. and executives, but sadly capitalism makes it about that more so than saving lives. So this week I was actually looking at this story mm -hmm. and this is something that has been talked about for a very long time. And and you're right, like we know that black people suffer from diabetes at higher rates because of all kind of issues, food mm -hmm. insecurity, food deserts, just mm -hmm. inadequate health care, all of that. We right. we understand that. But what I find interesting now is that diabetes is actually the fastest growing disease in the world. Now. In the so world. it's not just black people it's happening to. And this is legislation that a lot of 
um, liberals and socialists in particular have tried to push for years mm-hmm. that, hey, it takes it costs ten dollars to make a vial mm-hmm. of this. There's no reason sh- someone should be paying three hundred, four hundred dollars for it. Doesn't make like, any it, it doesn't sense. make any sense. And so this cap is great. The other thing that I read in an article earlier this week is that almost 17 percent of insulin um, insulin dependent people. Mm-hmm have to ration their insulin because it's so expensive. Man. So they may need a certain dose, but because they know they won't be able to afford it for a month or two, they have to ration it, which obviously puts their life and, and their health at risk. Right. And so you you look at this and you're like, shit, we've, we've known this for years, but I genuinely think it's because it's affecting everyone now. It's not mm-hmm. just those of us who live in food deserts and don't have good, adequate food. Even the... The kids in, you know, Beverly Hills, because of all the shit y'all are pumping into our food, Mm -hmm. are getting diabetes. And now, hold on, like everybody might need it. And so Mm -hmm. I I just really feel like it's it's more so because the disease no longer discriminates towards certain groups of people. You know what? I didn't realize that. That's that's a very interesting point. It's It's just my thought. It's funny how uh, we've seen this before. It's funny how, again, everything is damn near punishment based when it's something that's specifically targeting us mm-hmm. or it's more like oh well that's just y'all follows y'all gotta deal with this shit when it's something that specifically deals with us but once it becomes more widespread mm-hmm. um then you find someone someone gains a heart yep someone says you know what we we really we really have been charging way too much mm-hmm. but in our minds again for the person who doesn't realize what's going on in our mind, we just see this as a positive, but you'd be told it might be because finally it's reached someone who's actually directly connected to the industry. Yeah. Someone probably met him at Thanksgiving was like, Hey, I heard you're an insulin. <laughs> yep. uh, it's insulin. You know, I'm diabetic now. And yep. those prices are way too high, dude. What can you, what, what can you do, man? And all it probably took was just that one conversation that's hearing it. I don't know. We don't know, somewhere. I don't yeah. know if that really happened, but we don't know. No, so. but, but that's real. And the, the other thing. So when I was watching, in the video you had sent me, I saw that. Um, so Eli Lilly is one of the the makers of insulin. There are two others that um, have been questioned, like, "Hey, do y'all expect to follow suit mm-hmm. as far as you know the thirty five dollars out of pocket max for insulin?" And they haven't answered yet. But I do think what's good about this is that if a company like Eli Lilly takes that leap, the others pretty much have to because they automatically lose ground, right? Like insurance companies are going to be like, "Wait, my person wants their insulin from Eli Lilly." Yeah, of course I want it from them because it's capped at. $35 now. I don't want to go to the other makers who mm. are going to charge me 300 So I do think that this will force other companies to set their prices in line with Eli Lilly, which is just good for like the, the insulin distribution industry or research, manufacturing and distribution industry total in, in the U.S. So and I think Eli Lilly exports, too. So it's not just the U.S. that's going to benefit from this. I think we may see other countries benefit as well. Right. Yeah. So. Aight, uh, what we got next? Let me see. So, did I skip something? No, no. The next one is about Biden. Okay, okay, so okay. This, this is the now. This is oh, yes. This is the uh, this is the half broke clock. This is a new one. <laughs> uh, this is Biden being on the wrong side of history. Yeah. On this one, so for people who don't know, right now DC uh, is fighting to have full statehood. They've already been granted uh, a certain level of statehood. It's already been voted on. They have that. But there are still uh, some controls that Congress is trying to uh, hold on to. It's mostly like a Republican thing. Uh, 
Biden came out and uh, said that he supports um, he, he, he supports the idea of home rule and D.C. statehood, but he's not acting like it. Mm-hmm. So one of the specific objections that he that he has, um, one of the specific ones that he has is within the city of D.C., uh, they are they are fighting. It has it has to do with the judiciary process of criminals within the city. Yeah, and they're trying to change it. The city is trying to change how they respond to it. And truth is be this told, the crime bill that he? It might be indirectly and subtly related to it, but okay. it's it it has to do with it. But it's just more of a leniency. It's just something that they're trying to get rid of because it's like an age old thing that's been harmful to. Uh, again, mostly black residents yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, within the community, and he, they're just trying to change it. Okay, but Biden is not having it. He's not having that change. So it's like either you you're for them having statehood and having autonomy over specifically their laws mm-hmm. within that area, or either fully or not. He's okay. saying that yes, y'all should be a state, or y'all should have congressional power on your own you should have that mm-hmm. but there are certain things within the city that we don't want to change and it's like okay. fam you really need to get on the right side of history on this and you're close to it if you just would allow them to do what they need to do yeah. for themselves and you'll be okay what was interesting about it uh was interesting about it to me was number one the tweets that respond that, that are replying to him mm-hmm. saying all everybody's saying he's wrong Everybody that they should in those, have statehood. Yes, that they okay. should have full statehood. Yeah. And he needs to like get his hands and tentacles all the way out of mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And it's like it just shows something because if you have uh a, if you have Republicans on D if you're if you're siding at this at this stage in the game, if you're siding with Republicans uh, when, uh, when Republicans overwhelmingly support one side mm-hmm. and you're supporting that side mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. you're uh or you're in a way you're encouraging a side that is more leaning towards him in that way you got to know you on the wrong you got to know you in the wrong yeah I, so so when you put this in here i was thinking was it connected to the news this week that he is not going to revoke like the overturning of the the dc crime bill which i think is what you were mentioning like the it, one that would have uh mm-hmm. removed mandatory sentencing it might have been. Crimes. It might. It might have been. It might okay. have been. There's like a. There's a whole referent. There's a whole referendum. Yes. And There's a package of things that they're trying to make changes within yep. the city. But it only happened because a year ago, that's when they were granted. It's it's some level of statehood. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like full statehood, but it's like some level of it. And they're yeah. just like, hey, we need to just go ahead and fix everything within our city. Right. Well, and so so for for those of you who don't know, so D.C. and Puerto Rico, right? Mm-hmm. Those are two places where we have been fighting for statehood for. For both, because they are part of the United States, like they they deserve to have congressional representation. Mm-hmm. So when you're not a state, you get what we would call like a delegate, right? Mm-hmm. They can go sit in the house and they can sit on committees and you know mm-hmm. participate in dialogue and debate and all that, but they do not get the opportunity to have vote representation on bills. Oh yeah, vote on bills, right? Yeah. So they they can propose legislation. That's mm-hmm. the thing, but. They really have no voting power on like a full bill mm-hmm. that would have to pass through the House. So that that's what's happening here. So the the crime bill that I was thinking about, it was passed unanimously by the D.C. City Council. Mm-hmm. But of course, because D.C. isn't a state, what it's really run by the U.S. Congress. Like right. they are allowed to, to set the rules. So what Congress did, they were like, oh, no, nah, we want to ax this this um, crime bill. And again, it would have gotten rid of mandatory 
uh, minimum sentencing, mm-hmm. which we've seen across the country, right? Like mm-hmm. we know that's a, a whole a thing. terrible thing. Yeah, it's a, like the war on drugs showed what that bullshit was about. Right. So, so we know that that's a whole thing, and it auto it also would have like lowered the penalties for certain low level nonviolent mm. crimes, right? Mm. So if you steal seventy five cents from someone. You know, by pickpocket, you don't have to go to prison for two years all of a sudden. So mm-hmm. it was really a way to 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 help like right. people who may have just been having a fucking bad day or been first offenders or something like that. But because D.C. does not have any true power mm-hmm. in the House because they cannot vote on any bills, wh- what are they going to do? So what Biden is pretty much saying is. Like, yeah, uh, go ahead and ask the crime bill. Mm-hmm. I'm not. And he he actually like Democrats are pissed at him in, in oh, D.C. Yeah. because of this right oh, now. Absolutely. Because they expected him to support it and say, right. like, yeah, this is something we need. Go on and ask that crime bill. And also mm, about the statehood. Like, I'm not sure what's going on with Biden, but that's two in a week that I'm like, wow, bro. The thing is, that would add more votes uh <laughs> for the Democratic side. So, of course, Republicans don't right. want D.C. to have full mm-hmm. statehood. They don't want that. But I think that's why Democrats are so confused because uh, why would you Biden, not? you are a Democratic president. Wouldn't you well, want to? He's looking like I want one part of it. I want y'all to be able to vote for me mm-hmm. in that way. Uh, I want you all to have delegates because, again, your delegates would be more so dem- Democratic leaning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't want you all to control, in a sense, the judicial system within D.C. We want to continue to control that. What I thought was funny was I was reading uh, another article about it and mm-hmm. it talked about how the citizens of dc the ones who were protesting this they was like we've always felt like the white house for years mm-hmm. these are lifelong dc residents they yeah. like, we've always felt like we've been overseen <laughs> by the white house yeah we are uh, they ha- it's, it's another situation in which they have police officers coming from the outside policing inner city yeah chocolate DC. city at that exactly yeah. one of the blackest cities yeah so we we're, we're in one of those situations right now with DC. Yeah, it, it's actually reminding me a little bit of a uh, of Jackson too. The which hole our, that they're creating in Jackson, which is our last topic. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You want to yeah. open up on that one? Um, yeah. So we actually talked about this a few weeks ago, where mm-hmm. the the legislation had been introduced and passed through the House. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is Mississippi House, by the way, not mm-hmm. not U.S. House. But really, what what would have happened is it would have given um the majority republican white led legislators mm-hmm. the ability and the power to carve out mm-hmm. Jackson Mississippi which is 86% black I 80, believe 80, yeah. uh like high 80s or mid 80s percent black and create a a judicial a separate court separate, system a whole separate and also Put more money on top of the police yes. there for to to pretty much like incubate that that area with police officers, and it would have been appointed by by white men, and certainly we know white men would have been appointed to everything from literally the police officers to prosecutors, to the prosecutors sure. up to the judges that are going to be setting the the sentences. For crimes in that in that neighborhood. Now, what I do want to point out is that the bill did pass through the Mississippi Senate, but it was a different bill. Mm -hmm. So they did strip down the piece that allowed them complete power to appoint the way they want. But Mm -hmm. they do plan to come back and introduce more legislation that would put that part back in. So right now, like Jackson is a little safer 
a little for safer the time being than it was because that the original bill that the house passed did not end up getting through the senate they they watered it down a little bit mm -hmm. but just know that this is coming and there are other states um uh, i think it's is it little rock mm -hmm. that was introducing rock, a very similar yep, yep, bill yeah yep. so i mean it this is what happens right you have kind of the the trigger the trigger state or the trigger mm -hmm. the trigger city mm -hmm. and then states adopted and then other states see it. And that's what happened with Roe v. Wade. That's what we're seeing with these book bans. I'm telling you, it's going to be a wave. What we're what we're watching is, again, they are trying. I mean, I'm trying to I'm connecting this to uh, to the book ban and, mm -hmm. and their limitations on information. Um, but they don't want us to know about about the tactics that they've used in the past. And this is a sure sign of these are these we're living in the days in which they're using these tactics that they're spreading yeah. amongst each other uh, to use against, or I mean, maybe they don't realize it, but consequently it's being just happened. So mm -hmm. be used against people of color within these cities. Absolutely. And it's again, it's another case in which, Instead of addressing the water system, instead of putting money towards the things that are absolutely Say necessary. That. How long have they not had water? They have been dealing with this issue for years, for decades. But y'all got money for a new court system. But y'all got money for a new court system to pay for police. Um, it just goes to show that 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 this is what they do. They let these cities, they allow these cities to become... Um, dilapidated. Mm -hmm. They allow these cities to 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 fester with poverty and crime yep. and all. They set all the conditions up yep. for it to happen, oh, only for them to come in and say this this is the reason why we have to be. I here. need to save y'all. This is I need to, I need to save y'all <laughs> yep. because it's just so bad here. And it's like no, what y'all really need to do, what y'all really should be focusing on, is actually fixing the issues within the city. Mm -hmm. I always say the five. There is there are the five that that. Anybody, we ain't even just talking about black people, we're talking about everybody. Yeah. V5 that everyone has to have a, ha have to have a, uh, a baseline amount. That's right. And that's food, clothing, shelter, healthcare, and education. That's right. They have to have at least a certain standard, a certain level of those things. But when you go to basic human rights, when you go to Mississippi, <laughs> water is in the area of housing and most at least the majority, actually all, it wouldn't even be considered a first world country if they had limited access to water. Mm -hmm. All first world countries have access to water and to you have a city water, yes. to clean water. And you yeah. have a city that does not have that. That affects their housing. Absolutely. Like how can people, why would anybody want to move there and invest their tax dollars into a city or into an area when I can't even trust the water there? And, and more how can than just grow? housing, like think about it. You got to grow food with this. You got to clean your body with this. You like... <laughs> Like it, it affect it, your health, right? right? When you start looking at that Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm -hmm. right? Water is like one of those things that we know science tells us we cannot live without, right? Like, and so it it has the opportunity. Even in, when we were covering um Flint, what was mm -hmm. going on with Flint, right? There were studies coming out that showed that black children were getting lower test scores because they were exposed to, the to lead. lead and chemicals in their water. So you think about education now is even impacted. It's if you it, it's crazy that water water mm -hmm. <laughs> can mean so much. But these fools are out here worried about the court system it, and police. And that's a good point because not only does it affect education, but it affects healthcare. Yeah, because yes. if you have a whole bunch of black people who are sick or just people within the area who mm -hmm. are sick. 
who's to say if everybody's insured? Who's to say if everyone even works That's a right. job for them to have right. a substandard, at least a substandard level of healthcare? Yep. There's even that. Like we have people who are going for broke, probably trying to. We have people going for broke, trying to heal themselves mm -hmm. from the water problem that their state is actually responsible for fixing. Mm -hmm. And that part doesn't make any kind of fucking sense. Yep. My sister always says she was like, "It ain't no mistake that the Food and Drug Administration is the same damn administration." Now I'm we, like, "You now ain't never." Where's lied. my conspiracy cap on you that? You ain't one. I got never my conspiracy lied. Because uh, the 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 money is on the comeback. I can right. give you the fries and the burger, but I really want you to go to that doctor. And if I keep giving you the bullshit, you're gonna have to keep going to that doctor and getting them drugs. What? Exactly. Exactly. What? Never thought about it that way. So yeah. So yeah, so with so we're watching Mississippi. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll say this too. Another point that came to my mind had to do with the fact that when we talk to people, because I'm I was looking at one of the threads and it was just one guy who was just going back and forth with everybody about this, and he basically was saying, uh, well, the people of Mississippi need to rise up. We need to he's basically in a way, he's one of those victim mentality kind of people is what, he, what he's coming off as. Y'all okay. have victim mentality. Y'all need to, if black people, you know, we rose together. To, not we. I don't think he said we, but he's like, well, black, you're saying that black people can't figure this out. It can't come up from this. I'm like, like what a lot of you all fail to realize is how structurally powerful the system that we're working within, mm -hmm. how powerful it actually is. Mm -hmm. And it's like we have to if the only if the only thing we can do is just voice our opinions and voice our discontent about it. Yeah, that's all we can do. So all those folks who are who are who are on the sideline, mind you, uh, who are telling us that that we need to fight past this and get past this. They have to understand that. Number one, it's a whole structural system mm -hmm. that we're fighting against. That's number one. And number two, they don't have to. They, these acts don't have to happen as often because they've already done enough in the past. That's right. They've already done enough in the past. Like this is just the most up to date thing that they've done. Yeah. Yeah. So, y'all, the neglect in itself is economic, environmental violence, and it it piles on on itself. And yeah. so, it, for for centuries, it's been like this. And so, you can't deconstruct it in one bill or one day yeah. or even one generation. Yeah. To be honest, like only. And I'm not, yeah, the only, there's one way to deconstruct it, but, you know. One way to deconstruct it, just tear all this shit <laughs> Yo, down. All of it comes tear down. all this shit down. <laughs> Burn it all down. Okay, don't do that. Um, all right, that's what, uh, yeah. that's our fifth. Let's all right, y'all. So we're going we gonna to check in right quick then. Yeah, how you doing? Y'all, I'm going to confess something to y'all. Yes. So the last, my last, last episode we were on, my brother had passed away that morning. My younger, my baby brother had mm -hmm. passed away that morning. So I've been dealing with the funeral. Uh, we we did that this past weekend. I don't know how I got past, got through the last episode. I just really this episode that episode actually helped me get through the rest of the day. Okay. So it's been it's been up and down, and we might have to do like a special uh, Green Route uh, podcast on grief. Yeah, I think I we might we might be we might be overdue on some on some. Uh, uh, I think I have two guests that could probably lead us through on that. some personal some personal levels because yeah. I learned a lot from it. But right now, it's like I said, it's been in waves. It's been ups and downs. Mm -hmm. I'd say right now, I'm probably like right in the middle. Okay, like right in the middle. But like I said, there have been days when I've been good, and there are days or times within the day that I've been. Uh, this is yeah. it's been hard. Yeah, but so right now, I'm okay. I'm good. Okay. I'm not gonna, I, I, I don't feel the urge to burst out crying or burst out emotionally. Mm -hmm. I feel okay now. 
it it is so grief is not linear. It is it's definitely not. uh it is it's tumultuous tumultuous if anything, right? Like it, mm-hmm. it's up and down. So one thing that I learned about grief and I love that that idea of doing an episode on grief because I don't think it's something that we talk about enough as a community. Mm-hmm. Like what grief does to you. Like people don't know that it can put you in a depression mm-hmm. and like that that exhaustion that you feel after you go through a major loss that's that's literally your body and your mind trying to save itself, right? Mm-hmm. Like trying to preserve itself. That's right. why you sleep. That's why you don't want to eat. So what I'll say, is one thing that I learned about grief and y'all, I was upset with GS a little bit because he did not tell me like I saw him. And what was crazy is one of our mutual friends who was watching the live told me she was like, I was watching y'all and I felt something was off and I mm-hmm. couldn't put my finger on it. Mm-hmm. She's like, I thought it was maybe the new space y'all were in, but she was like, it was something going on. The new space was a cover. <laughs> it was a cover. It helped. It she, just she helped throw it off. She literally told me and I was just like, that's, that's crazy. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's something, but one thing I've, I've learned is like that hole that you feel is actually just like, it's, it's love persevering, right? Like right. that's mean, that means that you love that person, that you miss them, which is good. Right. It means that you shared a, a true bond with that person. So. Right. And, and I do have to apologize to my, to my <laughs> podcast partner. I, 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 I think for me, um, having to be the person who, uh, who I knew would have to call people and tell people. I just didn't. Mm-hmm. I I really didn't want to add any more people on that list to tell about it. Yeah, I wanted to get through it with. I wanted to get through it with the people I had to because mm-hmm. it was like it, I'm gonna go more in detail about it another time, y'all. But uh, it was just I, I I want to apologize to my podcast partner. No, let her know it was nothing personal. Oh, it no. was just it was just one of those things where it's just like when I get into the space to to actively tell someone. Like again, there were people who I had to tell had to tell that night but then there were some people i was like let me get in a better emotional space before yeah. i have this conversation and so. i, I, I want to point out i did not take it personal i was i was more upset because like i know what it is to feel like you have to push through something mm-hmm. right and i was just like had he told me like we could have shut all this down right, right. like took t- taking some chicken over to the family and right, sat right, with, right. you know what i mean like and so that that's actually why i felt the way i felt it wasn't a personal thing right, like oh right. why wouldn't he tell me it was just like I, I wanted you to take care of you, right. not the show. No, I like the show that. is gonna be here. Like I appreciate that. people gonna rock with it. I just feel like I was right? like, I got, I got to push through. I, I just got to push through. And I think that he was working. The, the I worked all day I that day. I saw him Tuesday night DJing a party. I, I was like, oh right, man, y'all, y'all don't wheel you again. We are gonna talk about that. But I just, I just because uh, just putting together an entire funeral on your own is a lot. Yeah. And I want to shout out Mel as well for coming to the candlelight. Thank you. It of was, course, it was beautiful seeing you there. Thank you for being around my family. As soon as I found out, I told cousins. all the homies. I was like, I know y'all don't know this, but. Right, 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 right. <laughs> this is what's going on. And immediately they was like, okay, what time's the candlelight? Shout out to Toya. Shout Marve, out to my man, Marve. Drika wanted T, to come through. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. Thank you for all of that. I appreciate that. Nah. Drika, appreciate you for uh, sending the kind words as well. So. Yes. Yes. Well, know that we love you and your friends are here. You do not have to do this by yourself you you up the street from me anyway so i'm gonna be checking in right um so yeah like you you don't have to this is not something because y'all y'all saw me through a lot of l's in 2020 so i i feel like i'm gonna be on your front door if i don't hear from you brother real talk (laughs) so yeah um all right you want to close this out all right we're gonna close it out so we're gonna start off by saying this we're gonna work our way backwards number one Keep your eye on the bullshit. Uh, that's 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 number one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's happening in our judicial system. Um, there are people who don't want us to fully have our needs met. And it shows one way or the other, whether yeah. we're trying to get more money for our water system, whether we're trying to get specific laws taken out mm -hmm. to benefit our people. We have to understand there are people who are higher up who still want to have that control over us. Yeah. Um, but every now and then there are some people who do things the right way. So mm -hmm. I think we do need to shine a light on those people who are doing it right, because especially in the midst of their peers doing shit wrong. Yeah. Um, because truth be told, the fight is not over until we are fully decolonized. Mm. The fight isn't over until you as a black person, me as a black person, my man Ken as a black person can do whatever they need to do and receive the same mm -hmm. treatment as everyone else walking around. That's right. We will not stop this until every discrepancy is removed. That's right. Again, I said this in our in our in our in our roundtable panel discussion. If black people make up 13% of the population, we should only make up 13% of the issues. That's right. We should only deal with 13% of We should only have 13% of, of poverty Ex in this country. Yeah, exactly. 100%. We should not make up more than what we what yep. we actually are. We should not represent more than what we actually and are. that's what we like to call equity. Equity. <laughs> so with, that, with all that being said, um, even when we are fully decolonized, when we are fully free to move around, we still have to be careful because somebody, an uncle... Uh, Annie might be putting a hit out on us to get some money. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. That's <laughs> literally true. and figuratively, you gotta we, watch these haters. We gotta in watch your folks that are, that, are, that are close to us. Absolutely, <laughs> that's just the next step. So, right now, we're working on decolonizing, <laughs> but then once the, the colonization is done, the work is still gotta work continue. On that low level we gotta shit. work on low level the people who right next to us. I like so, it. So, that's how we're gonna close it out. I like it. All right. We'll see y'all uh, in a little bit. We'll see y'all in a little bit. <laughs> Peace. Right.